Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. certainly are streaking ladies and gentlemen your pittsburgh pirates are winners of not one not two but three baseball games in a row just take a moment to celebrate that three wins in a row for the 2020 pittsburgh pirates i'm not going to insert any more more memes or movie quotes uh into the episode you get your one there with will ferrell from old school but if I were, I would if I were to insert something else from pop culture from from some comedy movie, it'd be that Paul Paul Rudd uh meme. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me, cuz that that's who in the world saw this coming from this team and against of all opponents, the Milwaukee Brewers. The same Brewers team that I feel like has always had the Pirates number. Yet, the Pirates could do no wrong against the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers came into Pittsburgh this past weekend, a playoff team, and the Pirates knocked them around like they were their daddy. I mean, what a win after win after win for a club who desperately needed it. So the first part of the show, by the way, it's going to be a solo show today and tomorrow. Alex is taking a couple much deserved days off. He's worked his he's worked his ass off. So he deserves a couple days off. It's just going to be me. So if you listen for Alex and not to hear my dumb voice, now would be the time to stop. I hope that none of you just stopped when I said that. That would A, it would hurt my feelings, and B, I'd like to think that I offer something to this show. But just me for today and tomorrow, and we're going to talk about... What just happened over the weekend? The Pirates win three in a row. And my opening message in this segment, the opening segment here on this beautiful Monday, this victory Monday, is be happy and be excited. Don't be one of those cynics who say, well, they're still in last place. All three wins. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's, it's, this team just won three games in a weekend they had four wins the entire season before that that's a reason to celebrate is it not and i know i'm I'm teetering that line between beat reporter and fan but if you know anything about me i grew up watching this team i grew up rooting for this team and i i think that when i'm in the press box i'm able to approach my coverage with a, a level head but I like to see them do well. I think I'm in within my rights to say that. And as I talk to you, the lunatics, the fans here, 
I, I say to all of you, enjoy this. You should be able to celebrate it. Are they still in last place? Sure. Will they probably still finish in last place this year? More than likely. Is this going to be their only sweep of the season? I don't know. It could be. And for all those naysayers who say this is just a rare occurrence, a blind squirrel finds a nut, every trash can finds a steak, that's even more of a reason to celebrate it. This team has given fans absolutely no reason to be happy this year. All of the good players have underperformed. A lot of injuries have happened. They've got swept. They've found a different way to lose every night. It's been frustrating moment after frustrating moment. This weekend, there were three straight games of highlights and good moments. And if you can't get happy, if you can't get a little bit excited over that, I don't even think you like this baseball team. You're just watching it because you're watching them out of hate. You're listening to this podcast out of hate, which, I mean, hey, keep listening. Your download counts the same either way. But just enjoy it. It's okay to be happy. Even if this team stinks, which I still think it does. The odds of them turning it around, and, and I joke around, you know, you see those things on Twitter. Well, they're only five games out of a playoff spot. That's the truth. As crazy as it is, this 7-17 seven and 17 ball club, 10 games under 500, <laughs> they're like five games out of a playoff spot. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Absolutely not. Do, they, do I think they should sell any and every veteran piece on this team? For the right price, yeah. But just enjoy it. This might be, this past weekend might have been the best, the highest point this season will reach for the Pirates. The highest point of the season. And if you can't smile at seeing Brian Reynolds mash a home run, Gregory Polanco absolutely rake, Adam Frazier crush the ball. If you can't smile at seeing Chad Cool do well on the mound, Derek Holland get the job done, Richard Rodriguez come in and close the door. Then I don't think you like this team. If you like this team at all, if you want to see them do well at all, and I don't want to hear that, well, they're going to blow their tanking for Kumar rocker. No, shut up with that for like five minutes. Just enjoy the win. Um, they're still in good position to get the first overall pick. Just enjoy the wins. There ain't going to be many of them this year. Take them how you can get them, especially when they come against Ryan Braun and those damn Brewers. Every game counts in this short season. And in, in, a, in a National League Central division where the spots two through four in the standings are so close, this sweep could very well end up being a reason why the Brewers don't make the postseason. I'm not a big believer in moral victories or consolation prizes, but I'll take that. I'll, I'll gladly take that. Something that's impressed me with this team, even before this, this three-game win streak that they're on, is the positivity that they have displayed, despite really having little to no reason to remain positive. 
and we've seen it from three people in particular. Even though most most everyone has kept a smile on their face, there are, there are three three guys, two players and a coach that I'm going to talk about who have really kept it together and let and stepped up as leaders or showed good leadership. The first one's the manager, Derek Shelton. I mean, God bless him. Everyone's second guessing him. Uh, and you're going to get second guessed when you start 4-17 and 17 in your first 21 games as a manager. Um, and when you make some of the decisions that he's made, you're going to second guess him. But one thing you cannot take away from the guy is his positive attitude. And that's so important when you have a club with some young players, a club that's clearly starting a rebuild, to be that calming presence when you have guys like Polanco, Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds, who are slumping big time, some of them going through the worst slumps of their career, to be that calming voice and say, hey, it's going to be all right. We just got to keep working. It's going to come. Having that attitude makes moments like the ones that we saw over the weekend even sweeter for guys like Derek Shelton. Two players that I want to highlight their positive attitudes. Derek Holland is one of them. This is a guy who, in the early 2010s, Derek Holland was one of the better pitchers in baseball. He was pretty good with the Texas Rangers. This is a guy who was on a team that was playing in the World Series. A guy that was on a team that was a regular postseason contender. Now he's on the tail end of his career playing for a club that has single-digit victories a third of the way through the season. And he's being the veteran. I, I, you know, I'm not going to... He's kind of been like generic store brand A.J. Burnett for this team. He's not as good as A.J. Burnett was. He's not as bad. He's nowhere near as badass as A.J. Burnett was. But he's that veteran that's had experience and that can keep things in the big picture and will do certain things for the betterment of the team. Derek Holland, the one day... The one game against Detroit where he just got absolutely shelled in the first inning. He threw like 110 pitches. He went far longer into a game than he needed to because he knew he needed to wear it. He needed to do that in order to preserve some arms in the bullpen for the next day. Later on, earlier this month, you see them use him out of the bullpen. Part of that might have been to showcase his abilities to trade him. But another part of that is him just helping out. There are a lot of guys who would have said, no, screw that. I'm in the starting rotation. They can come in the bullpen for me. I believe it was they used him to piggyback with Brubaker against the Indians last week. And he let the rookie get the start over him. That kind of positive attitude, that kind of team-first attitude, that's important for a club in a situation like what the Pirates are in. Where you saw this team last year, 
around this time last year, exactly in this time last year, time of the year, in August, where they just could not get anything right, and it was negativity. And that's where you hear about the fights in the clubhouse, guys getting suspended. It wasn't fun. These guys are still upbeat despite the losing. And it's because they have the positivity and leadership. The third and final guy who's had a positive attitude throughout all of this is Gregory Polanco. I just highlighted Shelton. I just highlighted Holland. We're going to spend the whole second segment of the show talking about El Cafe. And we're going to do that when we come back after these messages from our sponsors. Second segment of the show, and like we did last week, a big portion of the second segment of this show here on Monday is going to be about Gregory Polanco. Much different tone than we, well, I'm saying we, it's just me in here talking. Uh, Much different tone compared to last week. Gregory Polanco, I don't know if you can have much of a better weekend if you're if you're El Cafe than what you put together in the past three days. Progressively getting better each and every night too. Um just very impressive. So I ask this question. Was this just a blip in the radar? Or are we seeing a new Greg? The old Greg. Not the Greg we've been seeing this year. Are we starting to see a chance of maybe, just maybe, 2018 Gregory Polanco still does exist? He's still in there? I don't know. I'll tell you what. When he has his timing, he's fun to watch at the plate. I will say this. His game-winning home run on Sunday, that pitch was right down the middle. I mean, it was right down the middle of the plate. So he, he did what he should have done, but even that, even thinking on that route, isn't necessarily a guarantee with Gregory Polanco. Any production you get from him right now is good, obviously. But it makes you think, is he back? Or is this, this just prolonging another slump? But the timing looks to be back. I mean, he has fastballs timed. And they've talked about this all series long. And I, I mentioned it in my game stories. Alex has mentioned it in his. Dan is, I'm sure, going to bring it up in his Pirates piece he's doing later today. They've been keying on the fastball, and that's what you do as a hitter. You time the fastball, and you play from everything after that. And um, he's on it. We saw we saw the Polanco timing a little bit in the Cincinnati series. He had a home run there. He stunk against Cleveland. Well, I'm not really bothered by that because, quite frankly, all of Major League Baseball stinks against the Cleveland Indians pitching. And again, this isn't Indians fan Noah here talking. This is just facts. The Indians' rotation is dominant. They're hard to get hits off of. So... I'm not going to fuss over Polanco or any other Pirates player 
struggling against the Indians starting rotation. This past weekend was one of the best series I've seen Polanco have in the three years that I've covered the Pirates. Five for ten, a double, a pair of home runs, three runs, four runs batted in, two walks, and two stolen bases. Even the steals. Last year, he wasn't running. I think he only stole, I want to say, less than 10 bases all of last year, which isn't a lot because you didn't play a lot, but still, they weren't running him. It's good to see him using that speed that he still has. It's good to see him properly executing a slide as well. I wish he would have slid back into second base when he got picked off. But, hey, that happens. So Polanco has an excellent series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know who was happy to see this occur? The manager, Derek Shelton. Starting pitcher, Derek Holland. Relief pitcher, Richard Rodriguez. Other teammates like Brian Reynolds. Adam Frazier. Everyone who spoke to the media this weekend or pretty much everyone had something to say about how happy they were for Gregory Polanco this guy it's crazy to think about it because he came up after all the pirates of the past regime that were part of their relevance their postseason appearances he was kind of viewed as the baby on that team, but this is this is the longest tenured pirate we're talking about, Gregory Polanco. I think what did he come up in 2014? Sound about right? Yeah, 2014. So he's been he's been playing on the North Shore for quite a bit now, and he's very well respected in that locker room. As someone who's interacted with him and covered him for three years, I, I've said this before. He is a good guy. And he's someone that everyone in that clubhouse wants to see do well and everyone in that clubhouse believes in. And and I'm glad that's the case because they were the only ones who were believing in him. I mean, coming into this series, he was 3 for 40. He had 21 strikeouts and 40 at-bats. One-seventh of the amount of strikeouts he had were hits. He had three hits, multiply that times seven, that was a strikeout total. There's not, There wasn't a reason to believe in him. Maybe now there is. I mean, he almost doubled his hit total in one series. And they were big hits too, man. You really just, you'd love to see that. Another reason why you get excited about Polanco doing well is he's kind of a leader. He's kind of the leader on this team. We talk, I talked about Holland, and I talked about how everyone loves Greg, but if you listen, listen to his post-game comments. Read the quotes and the stories. I'm not going to play you his full press conference, but the way he's carrying himself now, it looks like 
Some of these younger guys on the team, the Cole Tuckers, the Brian Reynolds, those guys are kind of looking up to Big Greg because he's been here for a while, and damn it, he's been through it all. He's been a starter on a team that's won 98 games. He's been around to see all of those guys get traded away. He's put up some great numbers some you know, to match some of the better players in the league. He's also had seasons where he did next to nothing because he was hurt the whole time. He's got a lot of wisdom. He can give a lot of advice. And you can tell he has everyone's respect and he has the attention of the young guys in that clubhouse. And he can give some confidence to other players. I'm going through my story that I wrote after the game. And he, when he hit that ball in the eighth inning, he he told us after the game that he knew it was coming. I'm trying to find the quote here. Yeah, here it is. So this is what he said. He was asked about him pimping the home run. He, he, he hit it, and it looked like he stood and watched it, but if you actually watch the replay, he turns and yells something to Osuna on the on-deck circle. If you watch the gif in my story, you can see that. Um, and here's his quote. It says, We needed to win this one. We needed to fight. The opportunity came. I told Osuna in the on-deck circle, Hey, watch. Something to motivate yourself. Something that we do. I said, hey, I said, hey, watch. I'm about to hit this ball really hard. I'm about to put a good swing on that ball. That's why I was watching it. I looked back to Asuna and said, you see? I told you. Something you have to motivate. Just to go on in the box and fight and battle every pitch, no matter who's pitching. That's a leader right there. Not only thinking about getting other guys going in the middle of your own slump, but coming through in the bottom of the eighth and delivering after saying, hey, I'm going to get a good swing on this one. I'm going to hit it hard. He sure did. 107.3 miles per hour off the bat, 419 feet to dead center. Yabo. Pirates win. Good for Gregory Polanco. He's going. Adam Frazier's going. Brian Reynolds is going. Hell, Jared Dyson went 3-for-3 three three this series with a stolen base, a run batted in. The outfield's hitting. The infield's producing. I don't know how m much I like this Eric Gonzalez at the top of the order thing that's going on here, but is what it is. He's still getting some hits. He's cooling off a little bit. Newman, all these guys. The bats are alive. We'll see if they stay alive in Chicago. But hey, the bats are alive right now. The last guy that needs to get going is Josh Bell. We'll probably talk about him later in the week, though, I'd assume. That's about all I got for today. A big thanks to all of you who read my articles over the weekend. Uh, first weekend on the beat. First week on the beat covering the team at PNC Park for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I appreciate all of your support. I appreciate everyone supporting Alex as uh, this weekend was his one-year anniversary with the site, so that's cool uh, to see him grow over the past year. Shout-out to him. 
And yeah, that's all we got. Um, tomorrow show, we'll uh, talk about the White Sox series coming up and something else. We'll figure it out. Until then, be sure to tell all your friends and, like I say, even your enemies about this content we work hard to produce here on DK Sports Radio. And be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll have more content here on the podcast to be named later.